This week's episode is a call-in, so please excuse the audio. And a quick shout-out to our sponsors. All of our sponsors have the same discount code of SmokePit, so remember that when you go to buy your products. First one up is CombatComeOver.com. You can get fine pomades and beard oils for your hair and your face. You can keep those in your nut ruck from Arbor Arms, a tactical fanny pack for your nuts and your butts. Available on ArborArms.com. And last but not least, Hollywood Powder Company. If you like to have fresh-smelling balls or if you like to have gym chalk when you work out, make sure you go to HollywoodPowderCo.com and get all their fine products that you can powder yourself off and be all kinds of smelly delicious. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. Myself, Dan, and AJ joined by TikTok sensation, all-around handsome individual, Matt Jimenez. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. I know that's like the stereotypical thing to say, but I'm doing amazing now that I'm here. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Uh, w- would you mind introducing yourself and uh, giving our audience a little bit of backstory about yourself? Yes. So on social media, I go by Matt's All Right, because apparently somebody's already named Matt's best or something like that. So I had to take that, that mediocre <laughs> kind of tier, right? Uh, so I was an 0311 rifleman in the Marine Corps from 2008 to 2012. I did three pumps with 3rd Battalion, 2nd Marines. Um, I put the military away for a long time and I tried to be the best civilian possible. But I kind of got pulled back into it because of personal mental health issues. And since then, I started making videos, um, both comedic and therapeutic, and really connected with the veteran community to a point to know now where, like, when I'm making these videos for people, when I'm doing social media, I feel like they're helping me just as much as I'm helping. So that's what I do now is social media comedy. And I'm also, I also work for uh, Vet TV. That's a very similar to kind of how, uh, how my story went as far as the ability to reach out and help other people definitely helped me um, uh, navigate my own path. So uh, I believe that um, AJ is a, is a bit of a TikTok fiend these days. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you first came across Matt's profile and uh, what, what, what did you see? So I'll start by saying that originally I was a very, I'm, I'm a curmudgeonly old man when it comes to, to social media stuff. Right. And so I, I was like, TikTok, nah, that's stupid. I don't want to do that crap. And then Dan told, he kind of convinced me. He was like, ah, oh, there's, there's dumb shit, but there's funny stuff too. And I was like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And so now it's kind of what I do every time I have nothing to do. And I'm like waiting for the next thing I have to get done or I'm on the toilet and I'm like, right. ah, time to look at TikToks. So I was flipping around and uh, and I saw you, usually you see one or two things from like your for you page kind of gets uh, the algorithm based on what you look at. And I started seeing more and more of your stuff. And I was like, all right, OK, this guy's right. this guy's pretty funny. I think the one that set me over the edge, though, was the one with uh, the the guy coming over to Doc and being like, yo, uh, you know, Johnson's been in the shitter for a while. Well, what's going on with that? <laughs> And then you you came out with the 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 wine cork uh the uh what the hell you the corkscrew right and right, I was like right. all right all right I gotta get this guy in the show this is good <laughs> yeah in in my universe which is like picture a very Walmart esque Marvel universe which is Matt's universe <laughs> things happen a certain way the silver bullet is a corkscrew that's how I picture it going inside you I picture like. It being like a very 1930s mechanical object that's being used to spread your butt cheeks and get your temperature. Yeah. So I have a couple of things like that in like my universe that if you watch, you'll see and you're like, oh, he uses that a lot. Okay. All right. Now I get why it's like Matt's Walmart little universe. That's funny that you notice that, man. Yeah, I like it because uh, as anybody who's ever seen a silver bullet before uh, will tell you, there's only one person enjoying that exchange. It's... It's the doc. They like it, right? They're they they're lying when they say they don't like doing it. I feel like they like doing it, right? I will say the the one downside to that is the amount of jokes that go into it is that one time after a hike, like a couple hours later, I legitimately had a problem down there, like uh, some chafing or whatever, and I, I can't see it. So my corpsman's a friend of mine. He's over at my house, and I was like, Doc, I need to show you something. And he was like, yeah, ha-ha, very funny. I was like, no, seriously, like you need to come look at my taint. And he was like... <laughs> bro i get it navy we're the gay jokes i get it no i'm, I'm let's see okay not for nothing doc i need you to look at this or i'm gonna just pants you at some point right 
<laughs> Did he look at it? Oh yeah. And and be, just to, just to fuck with him a little bit, he he followed me up to my room because there was other people in the house, and I was like, all right, check it out. So pants go down, and then I like hopped on the bed and like pulled my ankles behind my head back when I was young enough to do that. And I was like, check it out, doc. And he was like, oh, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> you, you know what? We never tried to ask our corpsman for anything because he was a 200-pound black man from Brooklyn, New York. And he just looked like, picture, I don't know, picture like Mike Tyson in his youth, but a foot shorter of just like stout muscle. And he would not help us with anything like that unless it was like <laughs> mandatory. Like you could get shot. Like you could be take contact. You'd be like, Corman up. I want to say it nice because I don't want him to be mad, be mad at me and have to run over here too fast. <laughs> it's a very interesting dynamic that the, uh, the Marines have between uh, them and their corpsmen. Is there any memory that you have from your time in service uh, per pertaining to like that kind of dynamic that you look back uh, fondly upon? Oh, fondly. I have a, I have a couple sad ones and I don't want to bum everyone out. So let's do a fun one. We got a blue side doc for everyone who's listening. If you guys do not know what a blue side corpsman is, it means they did not work with maybe Marines specifically. They were with the Navy. So we were, you know, we were Marine Corps infantry and kind of like the thick of it. So they had sent us a blue side doc who is not used to working with Marines, let alone Marine Corps infantry. And, you know, we weren't hard on him because we weren't like that typical moto bunch that tried to act, you know, tough because we were in the Marines. We were, we were the salty terminal lances that were just trying to get through our day. But they sent us this guy. And of course he had to be this five foot three pasty white kid from nowhere new jersey kind of vibe no one got his jokes or his humor or anything like that he's like socially inept unfortunately but he's a corpsman right so we have to love him like who doesn't love their doc no matter how they are yeah i'll never forget we get to training i think it was in virginia you guys uh there's a training center it's an army base out there in virginia fort ap hill something like i can't remember it i just remember freezing my balls off that's the only thing i remember. yeah so i'll never forget he hit us with the funniest one-liner that i still that still resonates with me today we get to our big barracks room and of course it's like a it's like a boot camp style wooden barracks from like the 1960s and we're standing there and everyone's still unmotivated and depressed and he just this no one no one's saying anything he just says this so when do we get issued our rooms? <laughs> and, and it took a second. It took a second. We had to breathe it in. You have yeah. to let that marinate sometimes when you're not used to weird um, non-infantry comments like that to where someone else had such a different experience in the military so far as you. So we had to let that marinate like it was like a sauce, you know, like you're a saucier. <laughs> <laughs> What, the, you, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> First time I was overseas working for state, I had been out of the Marine Corps for exactly like two days less than a year. And um, so I, I get back to Baghdad and the guy's showing me around. Like he picks me up from the, the airport bus and I'm I'm still in old school Baghdad mode. Like, like, can I have a gun, please? Like, this is freaking me out. Yeah. And so they bring me to the armory and the and the gear uh, gear issuing facility and all that. They bring me to my room. And they get they bring me in a room and it's like a metal frame bed, but no mattress, just this the frame with the shitty springs. And the, and there's like an old busted wooden wall locker in the corner. And they're like, All right, man, this is uh this is you. And I was like, Oh shit, I get a room? I get a bed? And the guy's looking at me like, Of course you get a bed. Why what the hell else would you get? And I was like, Bro, I've been sleeping in dirt holes forever. Like I and it's and it's like it's to the point to where it's like that's when you realize like war is kind of getting controlled in a sense. To where like, oh, there's electricity or, oh, you can plug something in and actually like watch your DVDs or your, uh, or every, you know, the forbidden uh, USB port that everyone has. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the uh, the recent controversy in the news where uh, a lot of governors have recalled their National Guard troops because of the accommodations or rather lack thereof that they uh, experienced during inauguration week. And I get it. Like. Marine infantry, cool. Like we got it. However, mm -hmm. what I will say is, when you got five thousand studs in a parking garage with two bathroom stalls, like 
that that gets a bit gross. Yeah, that that's to a point to where it's not even about who's tough. That's just that's just sounds Hygienic. like plague and famine. Like that just sounds like diseases spreading so fast. Yeah, you it's like I mean? um, when you go out out to the range and you have an entire battalion on the long line, and you know there's you know three stalls and one of them are broken. It's just like okay, like at least if you're sleeping out in holes, you can just walk ten. Um, uh, I think it's like what 25 feet. I, I still haven't figured out the difference between yards, meters, and feet. It's kind of just like, <laughs> like those concepts exist in my mind in their own right. And if somebody were like, yeah, you know, 10 feet dispersion, 10 meter dispersion, like I can get that. But like, if you were to ask me to actually like walk it out, uh, it's, it's hard, but you know, you could just walk 50 feet away from your bivouac and, you know, just whip it out and take a leak in the woods or in the right. desert. But when you're in the capital, it's not like you can just, you know, walk 10 feet out of the parking garage and drop a deuce on the sidewalk. Like this isn't San Francisco. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, there's there's that huge controversy right now to where who put them in the parking garage versus was it the chain of command? Or are they bringing them back inside? It's very much like, a, like, you know, when the husband wants to blame the wife for putting the dog outside in the snow. Now you want to put the wife out there too. Everyone doesn't know who to be mad at right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's part, you know, machismo of all of us saying like, Oh yeah, that must've been nice to sleep indoors. And then the other part, I'm just kind of like, man, like think about like how hard it must've been to jerk off because like, you got 5,000 people waiting on these two stalls. You know what I mean? And I don't know about y'all, but like it, it gets animated when I'm jerking off. Like I go up on my tippy toes at the end. Like everybody right. could tell what I'm doing. So like I'd have to sneak he, in there at like 3 a.m. He's definitely louder when he masturbates than he is when he has sex. I respect that yeah. a lot. You know what I would respect more though? If you were just all right with sliding in the homies bivouac bag, you know, get in there and take the boot bands off and do it that way. You know, <laughs> use the buddy system, guys. You do not have to do this by ourselves. And I mean, like, theoretically, I don't know how the, the army does it. I, I know their their platoon structures are a bit different. And I don't know if they have the same dynamic with their medics that we do in our corpsmen. So, like, you know, that that's even that. Like, you don't even have, like, a, a thicky little corpsman walking around jerking people off. <laughs> I feel like the medics are a little bit more hard to get. Like, you know, that, that one strip club where, you know, you might be able to get a hand job in the back. Uh, if you if you play your cards right, I feel like that's our corpsman. Like we can we can talk to him, seduce him a little bit. Yeah, but well, the I mean, medics, I feel like they're the classy ones. You got to pay a hundred bucks. Not everybody has those uh, voluptuous lips that you do. So uh, for those <laughs> listeners who have never gotten a hand job at a, a strip club because they don't have a kissable face, then um, you know maybe get some Botox. Correct yourself. I feel it's not it's not the lips you just have to be be manipulative trust me be, be a little bit toxic you know be 80s bad guy and that's what you get when i was like 21 and you might get you know <laughs> so if you if you had to give um advice to our, our listeners out there because um you know we, we have a good array of listeners everything from you know old salty vets to uh guys and gals that are um about to to join the service and you know they they want to get a little bit of heads up and so that's why they listen uh so we we have a bit of a buckshot audience which is awesome uh <laughs> but not everything translates so if you wanted to give a little bit of courtship advice to uh those uh, individuals who maybe are a little bit down on their luck when it comes to their love life uh, what would you tell them oh the best advice i could give to somebody who's a little bit down on their love life and down on their luck like that is uh, if you are not happy with who you are, no one else is going to be. So take, take that into account the next time you're, you're, you're trying to get lucky. You're trying to talk to somebody. You're trying to get that, that handy J in the back of the strip club of the purple church. Um, no <laughs> one's going to watch you. If, if you're not making yourself smile, you're not going to make anyone else. So. That's good advice. Uh, AJ, what would you say? That's uh Honestly, when you, when you do when you do interviews with comedians, you always expect the uh, the the joke. Like Bill Burr was doing a bit where he's talking about he was watching a documentary with his wife, and I won't go into it, but basically his wife was getting upset, and so he just shut it off. And they had an argument, and at some point he made a joke, and the it went over pretty well. It could diffuse the tension, and instead of just letting it ride, he just he goes, "Well, I got the laugh. Let me go for the bigger laugh." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you get you get very succinct advice from a comedian. You're like, 
Okay. Okay. So what would your advice be then? No, because he, he does this thing where like I'll ask him and he'll just like quote something someone else said. And I'm like, no, you're not you're not off the hook. Like I, I want original content. But it's genius. That's, the, <laughs> that's deflection 101. I heard a story one time. Let me try and distract you. Yeah, yeah. Just look at the left hand. Don't pay attention to what the right hand is doing. <laughs> the old razzle dazzle. Now, I mean, what you said is a much more succinct version because I tend to go on a little bit verbose, but um, I've, I've said that a few times as far as like self-care is very important because you can't go into a new relationship uh, bringing in all of your old baggage and have nothing to offer. Like you can't, you can't say, oh, well, I don't know why all these tens aren't banging me when you're putting in the effort of a six. Like if you're not funny or ambitious or have, you know, just generally anything to offer, then why should other people put up with you? So hundred percent. So don't expect a lot out of others if you're not willing to put in equal effort. And I, yeah, I think you, that's a great point. You're adding value for value. So it's like, it's like a job interview. You know, what are you bringing that's going to be relevant to my success, my happiness, like, and if you're not, you're taking away, then you should probably get going. I think that's how a lot of toxic relationships end up being toxic is people aren't treating relationships the way you would a new potential business partner or employee. They're not offboarding them within those first 90 days when they do red flags. So it's like if you if you guys and I were friends and like, I don't know, week two, I slip you a roofie and touch both your booty holes. You guys would get rid of me, right? Only because you roofied flag. me. Like if you're going to do it, <laughs> let me enjoy it at least. Damn. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> no, you're you're totally right. I I also think that um, having realistic expectations is very important because the definition of anger is unfulfilled expectations. So if you have an expectation and it's A, either not reasonable or B, you didn't inform the other person of that. And then they, um, because of those two things, the expectation was not fulfilled and now you're mad. Well, whose fault is that really? You know? Right. I completely agree. And additionally to that, it's also very important to um, make sure that uh, you you understand that if you are entering into a into a headspace with somebody else that you're having that relationship, that you guys are basically forming into like a contract. Like, hey, look, you're gonna let me touch your booty hole, and I'm not gonna mm-hmm. touch anyone else's because this is this is my primary vendor of booty hole touches now, right? But also within that, like. Um, whether it's um, being able to vent or being able to confide or get uh, encouragement or support, like you are contractually obligated to be those things for your partner and also not to be a fucking problem for them, you know? So like everybody has problems that you know, the, those their spouses will have to help them deal with. But at the end of the day, my philosophy has been for years is that you look for a, uh, a safe harbor and that person is supposed to be like, you know, the, the person who's going to watch your back and take care of you while you rest, while you recuperate, while you uh, deal with your personal issues. That's not the problem. That's the person that's going to be hitting you with Zeus-style lightning bolts over and over. <laughs> right. And y- y- you know what the thing is on that, too? is So I've been married almost 12 years now. I know I look like I'm 15, by the way. So when I tell yeah. people that, they're like, wait, what? Um, I I can tell you, we got married before we knew anything about our own, our own mental health and our, and ourselves. And it was just luck. The reason why we're together is just pure luck that we ended up both being okay. People who respect each other, like at this point, but I think that I was so emotionally abusive to myself for the first five or six years of my marriage. And the fact that she's still with me is astonishing to where it's like now at my age, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because now I'm not. And I think that that return on investment is what she kind of sees like, oh, he was an angry kid and now he's an okay guy. He makes too (laughs) many dick jokes, but he's an okay guy. (laughs) Well, and I've heard it described like this, like each person in life is putting together the jigsaw puzzle that is them. And so Mm. like you go in the military, that's a piece. You Mm. you're kind of a dick to a waiter. That's a piece. So all these different things that you do are your puzzle are your puzzle that you're putting together. And so who do you want to come into your life? Someone who's got their own puzzle and you guys can like help each other figure it out, which is a little maddening, right? It's always going to be a little hard because mm-hmm. you try to put a puzzle piece together 
And someone's like, no, no, turn it. It's a corner. Put it over there. They're like, fuck you. But then when you get married or when you're in a committed arguing if something's a corner piece or not, though, like <laughs> you, you got my point. You understand what I'm going for. So but when you get married or you're in a committed relationship like that turns into now you're both putting your puzzles together at, or you're both putting the same puzzle together. So then, you know, you may yeah. you may have one of you going a little faster than the other one. But as long as you're both working towards the same goal, it's all good. So 12 years. Wow. We're, we're over here trying to glean some uh, <laughs> meaning from what we've discovered in our own life. And yet we got the, uh, the Yoda Jedi master being married in the military oh. over here. No, it, no, it's, it's only because I have a slightly above average penis size guys. It has nothing to do with my, my <laughs> wit or my looks. It's just a little bit bigger and she's not willing to leave that for something smaller. Yeah. You know, it's like she she's happy with the six or the seven. She's good with that. She's settled. That's all it is. Now, <laughs> did you guys meet in the military? Like, is she a veteran too, or did you meet her when you were in the military? Oh, oh, wow. Here's here's an, uh, a a bomb that a lot of people, some people who know know this about me. I was homeless for a good bit, and we're talking, um, we're talking sleeping outside behind the high school, um, to try and wake up in time for class. Kind of homeless, like rough. And she was the girl that used to feed me. I was like a pigeon at a park in New York City in the 80s. And she was the old man. That kind of like romanticism I can kind of hit you with. Uh, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was homeless. I was super duper freezing, starving. I think I weighed 120 pounds. And there is this um, girl that was nice enough to let me hit on her, let me flirt with her a little bit, and then knock on her house, try and get laid, and fed, get a quesadilla, and get sent on my way. So you were literally a bum that would just show up to her house, trying to get some ass, and like, now you yeah. guys are married. I'll know, trade I'm you a, one dick in for one <laughs> for one chicken. I need a dick for a hamburger, ma'am. May I have a hamburger if I give you some? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I was, uh, I bummed it. I think I was on my 18th birthday. I slept outside and then, uh, on and off, you know, there's a lot more that goes into that during that time. Cause it's not like it was like cool fingerless gloves, homeless and had a, had a coat. Like there was everything from crime involved to, to you name it. And, uh, she was the girl that kind of took care of me and kind of propped me up until I went to the Marines. Yeah. Now that I'm reflecting on this, I could really see, uh, the, uh, the, the little cheeky wink and a nod you gave to talking about uh, paying off the investment. Like when she met you, you were living outside and now like here you are, um, you know, crushing it on social media and with uh, almost a decade and a half more uh, experience and personal growth to show for it. Thank, thank you. It's, it's been a lot of time trying to make sure that the people around me could have a better day rather than using them so I could have one. And I think that that was a big learning point in my life was saying, you know, I'm not the most important person in the room, but does everyone else know that I think that way? And how can I make sure they know that? And then suddenly more people wanted to be in the room with me and more people were okay with being around me for a little bit longer. And then, you know, I am where I am because I, because I wanted people to be happy, not because I wanted to be happy. And I think that's why she's still around too. That's awesome. Uh, AJ, do you have any, uh, any uh, questions for our guests before we wrap up today? So I guess the, the, the pressing question is uh, where are you headed from here? You know, I'm still a kid. I'm still such a kid. So I have to really guard my answers. But if I were to give you an unguarded answer, it would be, I want to be famous. I want to be in movies. I want to be in films. Uh, I want to be an actor. Um, and that, that's the truth. That's, that's what I've wanted to be for a long time. Um, I, I want to be in a place to where my mental health does well because I am in a position to where I never have to worry about sleeping outside again. I never have to worry about air conditioning. I never have to worry about if I can afford um, this certain thing. Um, they say money doesn't buy happiness and I completely agree, but money buys me a house over my head and I never want to be homeless again. Money keeps my five children fed. And I know my mental health wouldn't be good if, the, if they weren't full. So where I'm headed from here is hopefully to a place to where I can use my platform to educate the youth on the decisions that they make 
And that allows me to get to a higher standpoint to where I have a larger platform to speak on, such as being in film, such as being in media, such as doing things like this with you guys. Um, that's where I'm headed. But I wish I could have a more defined grasp on what that is um, besides just being on a camera somehow. Now, do you think that uh, the kind of humor that um, that we bring here in the smoke pit and that you bring on your TikTok channels, do you, do you think that's something that could really um, translate into uh, mainstream entertainment? Or do you think like you kind of have to understand the culture to be able to appreciate that kind of humor? So I think that when we're talking about like a niche, like a specific niche, before the internet, a niche was what you think only a certain small group can appreciate it. And that's because they didn't have access to it. But then you add YouTube, Twitch, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all these uh, social media platforms. And you'll realize there's tens of millions of people who fit that niche. And, you know, a hundred years ago, even having a hundred people knew your name made you famous. So you guys and this type of humor is in a position to where if you know how to market that niche on all of these platforms, uh, it will translate to a much wider audience um, than we actually think it will. And that's just because it's just so many eyes on so many ears listening. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's really interesting to um, to kind of look back at some of the bigger stars of our youth, like, you know, people who were, you know, on television and in movies back in the, uh, you know, the nineties. The and so, and then kind of look at their Instagram follower following and kind of compare that and be like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, I, I remember when this person was super big on this television show and now, mm. you know, I'm, I'm approaching as many followers as they have. And so you're, you're absolutely right. Like you're the, the amount of viewership that you're getting on like some of your social media channels, like that was comparable to like, you know, what radio and television shows were back when we thought somebody was like the height of popularity. hundred percent. You, you can get this guy who's, you know, 23, that's literally just sitting in front of a camera and randomly gets four and a half million views on that one video. There's radio shows from when we were kids and TV shows that didn't get that and they got taken off the air eventually. Yeah, um, imagine if Firefly or uh, something like that had had uh, <laughs> had, had that, those additional views and TikToks and uh, you know, Firefly would still be on the air because it yeah. deserved to be. By the way, I think everyone knows that. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, if like uh, the all the main actors from there had their own TikToks and Twitters and stuff like that back in the day, uh, I, I definitely think that they would have got the more viewership, but. Um, okay, so is there anything that uh, that that you want our our listeners to hear before uh, we we wrap up? And then also, uh, shamelessly plug yourself. Let everybody know where they can find you. For everyone who's listening, if you do not know me, um, please, please, please remember that I use my social media platforms to educate the youth on the choices they're making and how they affect their future selves. If you are older, that still applies to you. It does not matter your age. Uh, the biggest thing I want to put out there for everybody is remember to take care of your future self because nobody else will. 100% guaranteed. You can follow me on YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram, and TikTok, all with the same username. All right. Um, and thank you so much for having me on. I love you guys to pieces. This is a blast. Yeah, well, I, I most certainly enjoyed having you on. AJ, any final thoughts? Uh, I was just excited to have you on, man. Like, keep doing what you're doing keep cracking them up and five kids like yeah all that positive mental health and five kids i have two and they're <laughs> and, and they're really good like don't get me wrong my kids are really good kids like they're yeah. very well behaved and i don't have a lot of problems and sometimes i still want to yeet one across the, the room so <laughs> congratulations man you're doing a great job thank you Thank you. I only did it to prove I wasn't a virgin and no one believed me after the first four times. So I had to do one more. <laughs> yeah. It was that fifth and final round. Yeah. And finally, some people were like, you know what? That guy smashes. I believe it. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my brother. I, uh, I appreciate you having uh, you taking the time to come on fair winds following season. We'll see you next time. Next up in the smoke pit are Topher and the Marine rapper. Their billboard-topping song, The Patriot, was taking over the charts until it was deemed too controversial by Apple and Spotify and taken down. 
It's since been restored since this interview was conducted. However, we invite you to put politics aside as we take a look into the mind of these two military musicians. Welcome to the Smoke Pit. Today we have Topher and the Marine Rapper. They are both veterans and billboard topping artists. Uh, you may have recognized uh, TMR from some of the Burbis events that we've done in the past. Uh, we're very happy to have them in the Smoke Pit today. And um, would you guys say hi? What's up? What's going on? So you guys um, have uh, been having your hands full recently. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, you know, we were just being all, you know, these lovable, just I love America artists. Uh, we would just want to make music like a regular person. Um, and we was, you know, enjoying success. We saw major success on the iTunes charts, where we charted number one on the hip hop charts twice. Um, we was, uh, we peaked at number eight overall for all the genres. And, you know, the sales yeah. were off the chain. We, we, we was doing incredible work as independent artists. And then that was like, nah, son. <laughs> they banned us from all platforms. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you guys uh, were topping the charts and um, for your song, uh, The Patriots. So if, if you hadn't, uh, if, if they, if you can't find that uh, currently on the um, the apps, uh, Spotify and iTunes, where, where can we find your music? You can go to my website, uh, themarinerapper.com and all the links are there. The video is up there so you can watch the video straight from the site. If you want to support the movement, hashtag free the patriot you could do that as well by just getting a shirt or a hoodie so everything is centralized in one location and uh we we both benefit from from you guys going to my website themarinerapper.com and so uh what inspired the song then what what if you had to summarize it what would you say it is about i would say about just 2020 you know 2020 inspired a lot uh um i was able to Unlike most people, I, I didn't suffer much. As a matter of fact, I gained a lot um, during the pandemic. And, you know, I give thanks to God for that. But what the main thing was, I saw so many businesses being closed, families going without food, um, you know, people that put their life earnings and, and savings into businesses that can't reopen. And, you know, and we have, you know, big businesses, they made billions of dollars in revenue. Um, while they, you know, continue to have people catch COVID, but they're not forced to close while versus small businesses. Uh, I just saw the hysteria behind the fear from just COVID itself, right? I'm not saying it's not a thing. I'm just saying the fear is just it's crazy to see. Um, and I saw so many kids suffering mentally because they can't go to school, you know, because of social distancing. Uh, suicide has went up. It's just all these stressors and, you know, the whole election thing that went on and, I just want to make a song and say, at what point as patriots do we, we stand up and say, okay, uh, big government, you are doing a horrible job at this and we would no longer um, fall, um, fall prey to your liberal policies. And that's, that's kind of what got me on the path of writing this song. Thing, It's basically just a, a general family aspect to things. I'm talking about family and I'm talking about uh, my inspiration, which is my family. Uh, because we came from humble beginnings and then we rose to different heights and things like that you know, independently. So you know, my brother's a doctor. My sister is leading up her, her work. She's a section leader and everything. And, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about fathers and I wanted to just promote the good fathers and promote a whole bunch of stuff that wasn't promoted in rap music uh, prior to this point. Like the stuff that we're talking about is like counterculture. It's definitely talking about the opposite things that they're talking about in music today. And for us to talk about, hey, stand up for what you believe in, be a good father, women go to work if you want to work, and uh, uh, and uh, brothers and men take care of your responsibilities, like that hasn't been heard of. And then, you know, we mixed it with the uh, Scottish vocals and Natty Dredd. She's actually Scottish. She's overseas, as well as uh, we have a producer who's Puerto Rican. So basically the whole message was unity and bringing everybody together and we wanted to make something regardless if you like rap or not you're just like oh wow this is a good tune yeah that's awesome i um my uh mother's side of the family came from uh puerto rico and i lived there when i was younger and my father's side of the family uh immigrated from uh ireland in the uk through canada mm. and so i'm i'm the first one in my family to be born and raised within the you know the continental u.s and wow. so it is um, it is very interesting to see 
how diverse this country is as where when you serve in the military, you'll have people from all different walks of life. Like we had in our squad alone, like we had one guy who was from, you know, the proud Navajo nation. We had another guy who was from Brooklyn. We had another guy who was from the sticks in New Jersey. He's another guy who was from Miami. And, yeah. you know, you have all these, um, all these you know, different lifestyles that come together and it's such a unique blend that you get because uh, spending four years in the military, particularly you know the Marine Corps Infantry, um, yeah. it's almost like you you get a passport to all these different things. And I've uh, I've been to about two different two dozen countries myself. And you know, every time I go somewhere, you know you, you meet the locals, and all they want to do is you know share their culture with you, and they want to you know you have to try you know authentic uh, Peruvian ceviche, or you have to have an authentic Moscow mule you know, uh, mm. when I was in Russia and it's like, all they want to do is just share their culture and their music and their food and, you know, their, their celebration. So that way you can go back home and tell people like, you know, I had a fantastic time here. And so what I think a lot of people fail to realize these days in America is that we are more than just what the media portrays us to be. We are a very diverse people. We have influence from all over the world and although our country may not be that old itself, we've had a lot of history happen here. A lot of first yeah. things to ever happen or in, in, happen yeah. in the world happen here. And so um, I think that like uh, there are a lot of different meanings. Uh, what's it means to be, you know, a patriot, to love your country. So um, if you guys could sum up, like, what does being a patriot mean to you? Me personally, a patriot, you know, by definition, someone who vigorously supports their country and is prepared, right? Not just someone is chilling back but is prepared to defend the country from detractors and enemies and by that i mean people that just want to come and destroy um the very fabric of what we are right you know i'm i'm a veteran so i've already swore to protect the constitution right and i i think the constitution is what makes america unique and what made america unique compared to a lot of the other countries in the world so a page is somebody that stands up for righteous justice you know they're, they're walking down the path um, that's going to make the community better. Whether you're a patriot because you're a great father, you know, if you're a family-oriented person, you know, a good neighbor, uh, the person is going out being productive, not trying to be a burden upon nobody. Uh, I just consider these things patriots and people that speak up when they need to um, and people that's willing to not give up. So I consider that, that's what I think about when I think about a patriot. I think someone that's just, you know, has that tenacity. It's like no matter how many times I get not down i'm always going to get back up yeah exactly exactly and to me it it means um love for country and that doesn't mean that people always get it twisted like oh how are you love it here when this is wrong this is wrong no i didn't say i don't like this situation happening or i don't like this situation happening over here that doesn't have anything to do with me loving the country because you know you've been to two the you've been to like uh two dozen countries and you know I've been about like half a dozen and I've been around the world and stuff so I know and I saw and so many people want to come here because they know how good it is here so it just sometimes I just uh, have to set that example and show people that it's okay to love your country because we have so many great things and not to take it for granted so I'm just expressing my love for the country um, and that's what patriots do they express their love by uh giving back to the community. They express their love by raising up their family goods so they can give back to their community. They express their love by talking about it and, you know, making songs and, and uh, you know, just celebrating it on a daily basis. So to me, Patriot is an everyday thing. Patriot is just a symbolization of how much you love your country and the place that you're living in. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel like you both made uh, you know very good points and, I think that also a lot of people fail to realize is that just because what I'm saying and what they're saying may not be exactly 100% symbiotic doesn't mean that necessarily either of us are wrong or that either of True. us have bad intentions. Exactly. And exactly. That, exactly. And to me, I feel like being a patriot um, means being able to stand up for the things that you see that are going wrong, even if it means that other people are going to be mad at you. And yes, <laughs> we know that well. <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like in, um, in today's day and age, it's, it's very hard to disagree with anything without somebody assuming that you are 100% in bed with the other side of the spectrum or the other, you know, 
other side of the aisle. And it's like, no, I, I can agree with this individual's policies 80% of the time, but you yeah. know, 20% of the time, I don't necessarily agree. And then, you know, you, you have people from both sides who will come out and say like, Oh, well, you must love the other person. Then I'm like, no, no, I, I, I do agree with the other eight things that they said, just the two things that they said. Exactly. exactly. I, um, I don't agree with, you know, they're so forcing I, people, I feel like they're forcing people to pick sides. Um, because once again, you know, uh, the government gains power the more divided we are. It's just throughout history. You see, it, I mean, it's not, I'm not just saying this as a political thing, but seriously, throughout history, um, the government gains more power the, the more we're divided. So as much as they can use any controversy to keep us fighting, fighting and bickering at one another while they continue, continuously gain power is kind of like by design what they want to do. And, and what I try to do is I try to reach across the aisle all the time. And I always try to force the conversation because if no one's talking, right. You know, if no one's talking, then that means no one's listening. Mm-hmm. If no one's listening. That means nothing's being understood. And I want to make sure that each side feels they have the right to express their concerns, but also think, you know, we should do so without ha- causing harm to the other side. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I think we can do that. I think we are smart enough um, in America. Um, we have the tools to do so, you know, and I, that's just, that's, that's what bothers me is the fact that um, so many people feel like there's no talking left and um, so much projection going on that just drives you nuts. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So if you, um, if you could uh, give any advice to the uh, the new coming administration that just took over uh, as far as just kind of like, you know, an olive branch to say like, Hey, we're all Americans here. And, you know, we, you know, we want the country to, you know, have um, the best opportunity it, it can to grow and prosper and be the country that we all know and love. Like what, what, what friendly advice would you give to the new administration that just took over? I would say, because I, I, I definitely support our country and I want our country to do well, I would say, just follow through on your promises. If you say something, follow through with it. If you say uh, a certain demographic of people matter, actually show that by giving back to those people uh, because they earn it. Um, and not just some of them, all of them. So if you say this group matters, then give back to all of them, regardless of you know political or demographic affiliation. Um, and I would just say, just uh, listen and be understanding of all people. Um, and, and then I think that we will make this world a better place uh, in our country. Topher? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much the same thing with Timur said. Um, if you're going to talk about inclusivity, then practice inclusivity. Like, don't just alienate people because of their political leaning or their personal beliefs. And once again, I think those policies and those freedoms is what make America so great is because I can think how I want to think, you know, stop treating everyone as a monolith. Monolithic thought is not what made America awesome. <laughs> it's because we yeah. had a variety of thought and we had a variety of competition, um, which drive, which is the driving force to innovation. Um, and so that's why, um, if anything, I wish the next um, administration would stop. If, if they're going down a path of alienating people, just stop, you know, have a conversation. Okay. And um, looking back as into the, the last four years, I um, what would you say that you think was the best thing that America did as far as moving, um, moving the country along in like the last four years then? For example, like the, um, you know, the, the FBI and um, the marshals and stuff like that, they, they really kicked up their, their human trafficking endeavors and it was seemed like almost every week there was a new story about marshals and the FBI, uh, you know, finding human trafficking victims. And, you know, that's obviously a, a huge problem in our country. And so I can look yeah. back at the last four years and say that, like, you know, regardless if somebody, you know, had um, uh, scruples with one thing or another, at the very least, we can all look back and say, like, yes, that was a good thing that we became more proactive with ending human trafficking. Yeah, so for me, I would say um, I was really impressed with the foreign policy. Like we, we we never started a new war. It's been forever since we since we didn't start a war. 
And matter of yeah, fact, we brought point. more troops home and we closed down a lot of stuff. So uh, if we can keep that going in the next administration, um, I think that'd be great. Uh, as a veteran, I, I appreciate that. You know, we we swore to, you know, give our life but at the same time. We ain't just trying to give it up just because someone they can't solve their bickering without, yeah. without fighting, <laughs> you know. Um, so I thought that was really amazing. And if, like I said, if that could continue as well as um, I know people have issues with the, the, the phrase put America first, which I don't understand. But uh, I like the idea of putting America first, like, you know, just think about what we need first before we go out and do something for somebody else. You know, how can we, how can we build our house if we constantly give away bricks? That's, exactly. that's just me, you know, exactly. um, it's, that, this is how I feel about it. TMR. I just, I just uh, totally concur with his points there. The, the main thing was the veterans, um, you know, uh, by, you know, watching me and being friends with me this long that, uh, that I care about veteran issues the most. And I know that we deal with a lot currently. So I wouldn't want the next generation having to deal with situations to make them feel the same, you know, pain and anguish we feel sometimes or, or have to think about, you know, suicide and things like that. So I'm so glad that we didn't start a new campaign or anything like that during the last administration, because I just care about veterans and I know what I had to go through and I don't want the new generation of veterans to do the same. And, um, that's actually a, a great segue into my next question is you uh, both transitioned out of the military and now you are you're doing extremely well in your desired field. You know, you're topping charts and um, you're performing at, um, at various events and stuff. And so if you had to offer any advice to uh, veterans who or potentially soon to be veterans uh, who are still active duty about what makes a person successful or what advice you would give to somebody who wants to transition out of the military and pursue their passion? Uh, what advice would you give them? Um, I would, I would say this, you know, I joined the military not to have a career, right? I joined the military because I wanted to get a foundation. And once I got that foundation and I realized that I was good, I got out and in order to pursue what I always wanted to pursue, which, which was music. Um, I would tell anybody and if you're going to get out, have a plan, you know, retirement in 20 years ain't bad. <laughs> it's just not a bad retirement. But if you want to get out, have a plan and and make sure you make sure you don't give up that net, that network that you built over that time. Because when I was in the military, I traveled here and there, met, you know, thousands and thousands of people. And now we still have some relationships and we have built some um, business relations outside of that. So don't don't forfeit that opportunity. Take full advantage of that. You know, you get free schooling, you get all these benefits that you can really use to set you up um, in the long run. But uh, I, I guess my only advice, my other advice would be is to don't forget what you learned, right? Those core values, you know, serviceable for self, excellence, all we do, integrity, for, you know, all that stuff. Uh, uh, don't forget none of that. You know, I've used, I use that every day. Integrity is just being honest about things. You know, support itself is just going out there, volunteering, um, making those sacrifices, you know, excellence, right? Working hard. Try to be the best at what you do. There's nothing wrong with that. Try to be the best. And if you apply just those those core values, you'll make it to the top, no doubt. It may take a little time, depending on how much you work. But if you apply those, you will go, you're going to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I also say that um, it's it's a valuable uh, lesson. And I'll, I'll give you guys an analogy of what I've learned from my job in the Marine Corps that actually helped me uh, do what I do now in music. So I was once told when I was taking a picture is take a picture of what you want to take a picture of. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take a picture and we'll be like, oh, why isn't this picture good why didn't it come out like the other dude it's because the other dude is more focused on exactly what they need to take a picture of and that's been an analogy for my life so basically what i'm saying is if you want to be a music artist use your gi bill go to music school easy <laughs> like it, it's it's that i swear it's that simple literally because after i got out of the marine corps and i went to music school when topher hit me up uh late in the evening when i wanted to go to sleep 
I was able to record myself and do like a quick mix and send him the files that he needed and turn it over within two, three hours, only because I went to school. If I didn't go to school, I wouldn't even know what I was doing. I wouldn't have had a mic. I wouldn't have had a laptop. I wouldn't have had any program or anything like that. But because I literally went to school for exactly what I want to do, I was able to achieve my uh, daily goals. And now, you know, we're hitting big goals by being on the billboard charts, even without streaming, uh, because we coupled what we learned in school from using our GI Bill with the skills that they taught us in the military. In the, uh, in the military, they always taught us to adapt and overcome. So when they pulled their song off of Spotify, we're like, okay, team huddle. Literally, it, we didn't we didn't even blink. We didn't shake. We didn't shiver. Nothing, none of that. We just got on the horn and we're just like, yo, what are we going to do? Let's get it. And that's, that's literally how it went. All right, next, next, next goal, next goal. Okay, that doesn't do anything to us. Okay, cool. We dusted ourselves off, got back up and kept going. The only reason that people keep knowing about this song is because we just keep on going because we know complacency kills. So we just basically, my advice would be marry up everything they taught you in the military with everything that you learn by using your GI Bill. Use your GI Bill, please do that. Marry the GI Bill knowledge up with your military knowledge and I swear you can do anything because that's all I do. Like I just, that's all I do when I just apply it to music and uh, Topher uh, does similar things too. So, I mean, and, and to have somebody who has the same mentality around you and having a good team also would be a good thing to have. Well, I, I completely agree with that. That's fantastic advice. And uh, so um, to, to wrap things up, uh, where can our listeners find you and uh, what message do you, uh, do you want everyone to take away from this? Yo, what's up? My name is the Marine Rapper, aka Raymond Lott. You can find me everywhere at the Marine Rapper. You can pick up our single, The Patriot, on themarinerapper.com. We also just dropped a official music video. You can check that out on Topher's YouTube page. So make sure that if you just go to the website, you'll see everything there. I put everything easy for you. I know I have to keep it simple because I'm a Marine crayon eater. So I definitely had to make it simple for me. So I wanted to make it simple for y'all and just go to Topher's YouTube page, check out that video. It literally just dropped before we took this interview. So make sure you check that out. And uh, yeah, to you, Topher. Yo, it's Topher. You can find me at Topher Town Music on any platform. My website is topertown.com. Like Timber said, you can go visit my YouTube and just type in youtube.com slash topertown and you'll be right there. Um, but I just want to let you guys know that no matter what, uh, use your God-given talents and gifts. You know, um, my, my favorite quote is Proverbs 18, 16 says, you know, your gifts will make room for you and bring you before great men. Mm. So you have these gifts. They've, they've been give, given to you. Don't waste them. You know, don't bury yeah. them. Don't sit on them. And sometimes they have expiration dates. Because, I mean, I may have the gift to jump, you know, off, I, I may have the gift to have a 41-inch vertical, but once I turn 60, they ain't going to happen, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I got to take advantage of that time. So don't just sit on your gifts and, and work it. You know, allow that to be – that's how you make being successful easier, is leaning on and relying on those things that's already naturally there. Well, I think that's, uh, that's a perfect way to, to sum things up. And uh, we thank you both so much for joining us uh, here in the Smoke Pit and Fair Winds following seas. And to everyone who is out there, uh, please make sure you check these guys out, hear what they have to say, and let us know what you think. We'll catch you next time in the Smoke Pit.